Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. There she is. I'm here. I'm here. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Well, I'm slightly mortified that my son has a new phrase that he's added <laughs> to his vocabulary, and that is fucking hell. And if you saw the video, you've obviously seen it, but um, listening in, if you've seen the video, basically he's heard myself or my husband, it's definitely Dozer, saying fucking hell. And he just says it all the time. And he says it in a really cockney accent as well, like fucking hell, fucking hell, which is even funnier because he sounds like, you know, yeah. Oh God, Georgia. The problem is, is that when he goes to school and he starts saying fucking hell to everyone, he's going to go, oh yeah, and no, I learned that at home. You're going to get a phone call. They're Am gonna I? Call you They're going to call me. <laughs> no, I don't think they do. Surely not. Surely not. That is, I've, I've played that so many times. It really, it's just because he's so definite about it. It's like, yeah. what was that word? What, fucking hell? <laughs> that word? Do you mean that one? Oh, God. I'm the worst parent ever. But what was brilliant was that when I put it up, so many people said that their children had um, heard them swearing and also were swearing around the house. So I felt better. Oh, my gosh. Don't you remember Axel in the summer? Fucking old bean. Do you remember that? Like literally to someone, aimed at someone as well. Not, you know, just in the comfort of his own home. Aimed at people. I mean, it's going to happen, isn't it? And it's funny. It's actually funny. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, we don't want to teach our kids all the swear words, but I think just, you know, at home, whatever, it's fine. How are you? How was your weekend? I'm good. Yeah, it was fine. It's just like this whole lockdown thing. You're in tier two, aren't you? Yeah, and you're not. No. Ah! Ah! Um, I know. Uh, to be fair, I'm pleased that you're not. It's, it's horrible. It's just annoying, you know, like half term's coming up and I'm sure that's why they've probably done it. Mm. But it just means now we can't mix with another household. We can't see my parents, like all those things. You can um, see your parents in the garden. Yeah, in the garden. But we live like an hour away. So it's different when, you know, if you're just popping in for a cup of tea, but we don't yeah. really just pop into the garden. Anyway, we'll see whatever is, you know... I don't the want to moan is, about it. Is that people are going through so many different experiences with this? Somebody exactly. reached out to me across the weekend saying, 
you know, I live in Liverpool and everything is shut. And, yeah, exactly. You know, there aren't, there's nothing to do. Businesses are going under. I mean, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for everybody at the moment in different ways at different levels. And I think, exactly. I think I said that this morning on Made by Mamas, just that like, we're here for you if you are feeling absolutely rubbish through the floor, you know, because it's, yeah. it's a hard, it's a hard time. It is. That's why it we need really kit saying time. fucking hell because it just brings a bit of sparkle. Exactly. That's why we need Kit saying fucking hell, and we need <laughs> and we need Axel asking how he can get the seeds out of his balls. Yeah, exactly. So we oh. we all need a bit of that in our lives. Oh how are you? Listen, make us all jealous. What are you doing? Where are you? What are you doing today? I am going to a spa. Listen, you know what? We've all had our bloody holidays cancelled this year, haven't we? None of us have been away. Like I think, yeah, me and Dolls got three days away with the kids which was amazing but obviously just yeah it's been it's been days after days after days hasn't it either working or being at home with the kids it's difficult so we've got 24 hours we're going down to Champneys and Forestmere we are going to I want to come out like a piece of Wagyu beef at the end of it (laughs) and absolutely nice and ripe I can't wait yeah I can't wait it's really funny because they were like you have to book in to go swimming and I was like if I just want to plunge myself into the pool I've got to book a slot Um, yeah but yeah, I mean, it's there's loads of rules and restrictions, but you know what? I cannot wait. Oh, it'll be lovely. Yeah. I I had a massage on Saturday night, actually. Did you? Um, yeah, at home. No way. Love that. Yeah, I was feeling a bit like, oh, about having my Saturday. So on Saturdays, I'm now on my own because yeah. James is at football. And I was just getting back into, you know, planning Saturdays and doing nice things and obviously now we can't really do that so I put the kids to bed at 5 30 and I booked a massage so um the lady came around to the house I had to wear a mask so did she um but it was lovely oh, lovely was so 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 nice when you put the so. kids to bed at 5 30 do they wake up early <laughs> no do you know what Axel, to be fair Axel had been Axel had been ill but he didn't he doesn't go to sleep at 5 30 like mm. he's laying in his bed he's listening to stories he's doing whatever but Gigi actually did go to sleep at I think she was asleep by 10 to 6 because I checked yeah. um and then she didn't wake up till like half six the next morning it's amazing, so that's isn't not it? too it's bad amazing. yeah exactly so um yeah I mean let's all have pampering I think <sighs> really yeah when we can let's get it in <laughs> yeah exactly um, well listen we need to get into the chat because we had a really fantastic conversation with this amazing woman last week and one of the reasons that we wanted to chat to Ellie is because she's one of the most normal down-to-earth hilarious people yeah in real life and on social media the way <laughs> she captures her parenting moments um is genius she's a comedian by trade so yeah she's got the she's got the funny bone um and we, we wanted to kind of go back to the newborn bubble with her um, yeah. because it was definitely a massive, obviously it's, it's a shock for everybody when they have a baby, but for Ellie, I think um, she was a singleton through and through. And then there was a tiny, tiny baby in her arms. So she tells <laughs> some very funny stories about the early days. Uh, who are we chatting to today? Today we are chatting to Ellie Taylor. Well, what a treat and a delight this is. We've wanted this guest on the podcast for like donkey's years. We finally pinned her down. Um, (laughs) She is a comedian. She is an actress. She is a presenter. She's a podcaster. She's a mum. She's got a little girl who's nearly two. She's a wife and she's an all round absolute mega babe. Today's guest is Ellie Taylor. Hello. What an intro. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you doing? How are you feeling? And how's lockdown been? 
Um, I'm today, I'm feeling good. The child is at nursery. She's where she needs to be. I'm not with her, and that is nice. So, <laughs> <laughs> tell us what you, what do you do when you're on your own? Um, I uh, well, this morning I like I really like the morning bit. I whack her at nursery, then I go for a little run around the park. Gorgeous, lovely sunny day. Um, quick shower, and then I'm into work. So I'm trying to write some stuff at the moment. So just I like a day where I just have uh, like six hours of sitting in front of a computer and tip tapping and listening to weird musical soundtracks um, is an absolute joy. So um, this is like my dream day today and I get to talk about my favorite subject which is me and my child I can bore <laughs> anyone about this so to do it professionally I mean it's an absolute treat girl so thank you <laughs> no you're welcome we love this we're gonna look because obviously our favorite subject is also talking about us and our children so this is great <laughs> <laughs> um just just talk to us about um the early days because I I knew you when like pre-kids in our sort of ITV days when we were hanging out in our 20s when we thought we were the shit. And we, 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 we weren't necessarily the women that wanted to have children. And I obviously watched your journey on Instagram um, and that sort of newborn bubble phase. And, uh, you know, how was it for you? How did you, how did you find it? How did you cope with it? And what were the challenges for you, I guess? Yeah, because I wasn't, I've never been maternal. Um, I had sort of had no interest in babies at all. I'd always been like, lots of women that have like a real like, you know, visceral cooey reaction to newborns. Yeah. And I never had that. I had that towards cats and I still do. Like, I love a kitten. <laughs> Show me a kitten and my ovaries explode. But a baby, I had absolutely no interest. I just would like to do a little handshake and say, how do you do? And that would be quite enough, thank you. Um, but I kind of sort of got to a point where I thought, do you know what? I mean, it's quite bleak, really. I basically thought to myself, I can't, I don't really want a baby or a child, but I can't imagine dying having never been a mother. What a way to go into motherhood. <laughs> um, so that's that's what I did. So um, we yeah had a babe. And um, as soon as I was pregnant, I was really excited. And I, I loved all the pregnancy bit. I mean, my husband says that's not true. And I I didn't like some of it. But I've just properly put on rose-tinted glasses. And I'm like, it was amazing. My body was incredible. Yeah. Um, and then I had the baby. And holy shit. Um, yeah. I, I've been trying to write about this lately and trying to sort of gather my thoughts on it because it, it felt something, it felt like it was, it was just so many, so many feelings and emotions. And I don't think I've ever managed to properly sort of communicate exactly how I felt with it because it was so yeah. profound. And, um, I, it just felt like those first few months were like, everything was the same around me. And everything looked the same um, and all the elements were the same. But it's like everything I'd known had been shoved into a Nutribullet, absolutely destroyed, molecularly all the same, and then just sort of thrown back on me in a completely different yeah. way. And I couldn't I couldn't relate to it. I was just like, how do I exist here? How, how is yeah. Gogglebox still on? How are like um the posh couple um chatting about nonsense and I don't know just like making silly remarks when my world is in freefall do they not know that I am having some kind of like I don't know existential crisis um and it was it felt really it felt really really hard and um 
I think I've, I've spent a lot of the time like just I've just got to get through to the weekend. I've just got to get through to Wednesday. I've just got to do this. I've just yeah. got to go out. And it felt like a lot of peddling. And then at one point I realized there's no just getting through. It's not like you've got a work project and then when it's finished, you get to go to Greece yeah. for two weeks. Like it doesn't end. And that it sounds so stupid. Of course it doesn't. But to actually properly get get your head around that fact that it doesn't end was yeah. um, quite... <laughs> It's quite a big one. So, yeah, I found it completely life-altering. But as everyone says, it does get better and it is all a phase. And, um, you know, now I, 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 um, I, feel, I feel absolutely great and fine. And I, she's brilliant at the moment. She's absolutely brilliant. But those first few months are so hard. Oh, absolutely. Oh, um, nice. Are you a different parent to what you thought you would be? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I'm more... There's been positives and negatives. I am uh, much more patient with her than I thought I would be. Much better at playing and um, happy to like occupy her, happy to go on really long, boring walks that you know other people would think they're boring. <laughs> but I, I love it. Just I like, love it too. Yeah, just watching yeah. her like wander around with absolutely no purpose and just like going mad because she's found a really good stone or do you know like, that kind of thing. I find real, real joy in that. So that's really nice. But the negatives are, um, I think I give into her much more easily than I thought I would it is you know wow, wow, I want a lolly lolly and I'm like oh it's fine it's 7am have a anything for an easy life um, and I think I do that a little bit too much but also she is a toddler and it is trying to negotiate with a incontinent psychopath so you do have to pick your battles <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting because your Insta stories give us life. The way that you um, show parenting on your Instagram absolutely kills me. It's kind of how we're all feeling, but the way you put your humour on it, I'm like in tears some morning, especially with the whole like Peppa Pig situation where you're like, it's 5.30 in the morning. I, I, it sort of looks like you're in some sort of... Um, your hospital asylum yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Say, yeah. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> so do, do, when people meet you do they think do they have any preconceived ideas about what sort of parent you are because of the way that you portray it on instagram with all the humor um i don't know i know a lot of uh i think if you follow me and you like like i don't know if you follow me you're gonna like my stuff otherwise that you wouldn't bother following do you know what i mean yeah. so i think yeah it, it, it sort of attract attracts the same like like-minded folk um and I've, I just, I've always been, um, my, my stand-up is always, basically I'm not very imaginative. So my stand-up is always about me. I can't make stuff up. So I'm just so self-obsessed that oh, I write about me and my life <laughs> always. Um, so that's, and that's what the babe does. She's just a little idiot. And I really enjoy reveling in that. And, you know, just, she, she's so obviously all kids are hilarious and they do hilarious things all the time. And a lot of the time you being trapped like a prisoner with the incontinent psychopath is inevitably funny when you're hung over and watching Mr. Tumble um, and wanting to kill yourself and Mr. Tumble, let's be honest. <laughs> um, there's just so many, it just always leads you to, to funny situations. Yeah, I just I love the way you document them. I really do. I it, it really does. Just so you know, it gives us life. It definitely gives us oh, life, and it gives us. Me. And also, it, you know, a lot of parenting can be very serious, and it can push you right. It can push you right to the limits, to the highest of highs, but the lowest of lows. Did you experience any um, kind of you know blues or lows after you had the babe? Yeah, I think I think I did have. I definitely had lows in the first few months. I I still don't know now. I'm like 
because I'm trying to think about it and write about that time of my life a bit more, I don't know whether it was just regular blues. Was it a bit more than that? I don't know. It didn't, I, w- I was fine. I got through it, but I wonder if, if it was a bit more than normal, I say in inverted commas, but mm-hmm. I did feel very, yeah. I felt very different, but I think it is, it's such a seismic shift. It was for me yes. anyway. It was, it was so, and I said, I've used this word, word earlier, but it was so profound for me, the change in me and how, and how I had to learn to relate to everything in my life differently. Um, that, that was a really big shift. So that was definitely, there were definitely, a, there was a lot of lows at the beginning. Obviously you're also riding these strange emotions that the horm these weird hormones are giving you that, that are not it's hard to you know that they're not real as such like they they are just you're just your hormones but you are you are feeling every bit of that and so powerfully so it's I think that's I always feel it's a bit it does women a disservice to go oh it's just hormones it's you can't understand Mm. what it is to live through that like where you are feeling the lowest you have ever felt and I and I absolutely did feel that I've ruined my life a lot of the time there was many many moments I thought what have we done we have ruined our lives this was a huge huge mistake and I never had I never felt like I wanted to harm my baby I never had I never like you know wished her ill will but there wasn't like the instant love it was for quite a while it was I don't want anything bad to happen to you but I don't like I don't love you yet it definitely yeah. took a while to kick in um but then once they get fat and cute and you know start smiling <laughs> and are just less like slug like then you've got something to work with and gradually you know you build this inc- this it just you do fall in love a little bit a little bit more every day and then you yeah. get to a point where you know, I just find like would find myself when she was about, I don't know, sort of six, seven months old. I'd be reading stories to her, and my my mouth, I would basically have her. She'd be on my lap, and her ear would be in my mouth, like I would be that <laughs> close to her. It was like I was. I'm so. I still felt like we were one, and I was trying to yeah. get back to that. And I'm so used to just her being me, and me, and I am her, and it's just this this profound connection. And she's yeah, she's absolutely given me a different perspective on life and just a, my an absolute true love that I've never known and I think it's quite it's quite a romantic love like I just I, I love her yeah I say it this mm, I yeah. say this about Kit because the way that I feel and Axel um obviously George has got a boy Axel as well that that the love between mother and son is also quite different to the love between mother and daughter and it's it's like the only love that you have in your life with a male that you're not being romantic with so or that you've ever been romantic with so you you love them but it's it's like the chemistry is there between male and female but it's not a romantic love but it's not a love that you've experienced yeah yeah. very hard to put it into words but it's like this kind of golfing feeling it's very weird exactly that and it's like the 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 truest love that you know will you'll never get over it's you know the honeymoon period will never die like I will adore her so passionately forever and I I love that. And I, I love, I, I, it also brings with it incredible fragility and vulnerability. And you can't imagine anyone ever being mean to her or anything, yeah. you know, <sighs> anything like that would absolutely destroys me. Um, but at the same time, yeah, just the, the, the purity of the feeling is not something I've kind of, I don't think you can anticipate it because you can't know it. And it definitely, that took a while. It wasn't an instant thing. That's been the process of over a couple of years, just get, just getting her. 
Yeah, I mean, Zoe and I say quite a lot that essentially when you first have a baby, they are basically like a stranger living in your house that you have to do everything for. You're like a servant (laughs) to a stranger, (laughs) like literally. Um, And it it does, it takes a while to adapt to. I mean, I didn't grow up wanting to be a slave to someone I didn't know. No, So Yeah, exactly. But have you found like your lifestyle change? Um, You know, obviously at the beginning, it's very difficult. But then again, when going back to work, how has that been? That was uh, weird because I um, do creative stuff. There wasn't like a, you know, hard and fast maternity leave and you will be coming back on the 6th of July sort of thing. It was sort of a gradual thing. Um, I foolishly signed up to do like a nationwide tour when I was about eight and a half months pregnant, I agreed to do this. Um, and I knew, so I had my baby in November and the tour was going to be starting in like the following August or something. Um, mm. So when the babe, I knew that I was going to have to start writing this tour. Um, and when the baby was about three months old, I thought that would give me enough time. But having that incredible pressure shadowing, uh, like, you know, overshadowing that yeah. the newborn thing, I found that, pretty horrible and I wish in hindsight that I hadn't signed up to it it's hard to take it's hard to sort of distinguish um the success of the tour from the initial decision in that like you know now I can look back and go yeah but I did it didn't I and it was really good so that's great and well done me but also I know I it wasn't the best decision for me to to do that so just because I did it and it worked out all right doesn't mean it was the best decision um so I found that difficult we'll be right back after the short break Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Moments That Made Me with me, Roxy Nafusi, is back. And Series 2 has got some incredible guests lined up. Here is a little taster. People see mental illness as a weakness, but I think people with mental illness are stronger. I'm a proud gay man now. I feel proud every single day. So then I had to go about the task of trying to accept it because I wasn't going to get plastic surgery and I wasn't going to change it. You know, those moments in your life, it was like a thunderbolt. Was it really? A big time. The conversations I've been having have blown my mind and I cannot wait for you guys to hear what's to come. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss one of our amazing episodes. They will be out every Wednesday morning. That's The Moments That Made Me with me, Roxy Nafusi. Find it wherever you found this podcast. 
So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? Like you said, you've never experienced anything like this before having a child. Mm. So you don't know. Mm. You think, oh, three months. Yeah, great. Nobody, nobody can explain it to you, and nobody no. can show you until you actually no. live it. No. Live it. So you, you would say yes. And as a freelancer, you know, you've been a freelancer your whole life. You, you say yes. You don't say no. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I also mm. felt like um, there was also times where I got offered when the baby was a few months old. I was like. I got there was this job that would mean I'd have to go to Spain for four or five nights and um I think it was going to be in like two months time and I was asked to do it when she was maybe two months old and at the time two months old it was it it was an absolute impossibility for how I just couldn't understand how it could possibly happen but by the time it came around you're in such a different headspace two months along is a long time so it was actually much much it was much better than I thought it was going to be. I found a lot of the times in many respects with things to do with the child that um, the prospect is much more stressful than the reality. And I think yeah. that's a lot of the time you have to like just, you can kind of trust yourself that it will be okay. And, um, you know, you'll deal with it as it comes along. Um, but And it was in the end, it was actually lovely because I left. It was all like, shall I take the baby with me? How would that work? In the end, I left the babe with my husband and his mum. He's Australian. His mum was staying with us for a, uh, quite a long time. So I left them with those two. And they yeah. had an absolutely lovely. So and I got and I got to sleep <laughs> in this beautiful hotel in Madrid for three nights. Oh, yes, oh, please. Yes. Well, it's not to love. That sounds like a dream. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> lovely. Now? Apart from like okay. breast pumping in random women's offices and like like offices in like museums in Madrid there was nowhere else for me to best pump and it was an all-male crew they were very like oh you need to go and do your thing do you and just sort of shove me in a cupboard um but I did it oh, <laughs> it's fine oh, <laughs> oh my god you are a hero well done how did um how did breastfeeding go um when did you decide to stop what was that process like for you I uh yeah do you know I got I was quite lucky really I'd always I'd always thought I think breastfeeding is going to work out for me. I've got like I've never been a big fan of my boob, but I've been told I've always boob. I well, do boob or boobs? Just the right one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've always been um, pretty indifferent about my boobs. Never really liked them. They've never been pre- favourite part of my body. But I've always been told my mum's always been like, "No, you got boobs like me. You'll be you'll be really good at breastfeeding." So lo and behold, they finally came into their own, and yeah, she latched all quite well, and it was it all went pretty smoothly. Aside from I say that, aside from two horrific stints of mastitis, which I oh, have God. never known yeah. anything like it. So I think the first one she was five weeks old or something I'm the lowest I've ever been by that point the exhaustion is really kicking in and yeah. then nature decides not only that plus you know I was still I had a cesarean I was still I found the recovery from that pretty awful um then nature was like hey do you know what let's infect your tits and I have never felt so poorly it was like the worst flu I was sweating I was so I had such yeah. a bad temperature shivering that and you've still got a newborn to look after and thank god my mum and dad just swooped and came in picked me up picked me and the babe up from London took us back to Essex and they were just incredible my mum was like the night nurse and just took the baby away between feeds and meant I could properly rest and get better but it was that was awful but I, I carried on doing it but it, wow. it still felt I don't know it just felt like the easy option I couldn't be asked with sterilizing and stuff um and like sorting out you know in the middle of the night I just thought it was I don't know I just wanted to do it I wanted to do it for whatever reason so yeah. I carried on and um, my husband would do a feed that was first expressed but then we switched to formula about I don't know 
from about four weeks old, I think she had that bottle about 10 p.m. He did that feed, and that was really great just to get some respite. Yes, and then, that is um, good, isn't it? That one. Oh my god, yeah, the dream. <sighs> and then I think she switched to it was sort of half formula, half boob, and I think I properly gave up boob at about seven, eight months. She was she was only having one in the morning, and she got very she got bitey, and I thought I was I was quite emotional about the end of the journey. But then she was yeah. biting, and I was like, oh, "It's not emotional anymore, you little sharp." Yeah. <laughs> so that was quite a, quite a good end in a way, because I was like, "Yeah, the the, the um, yeah the magical story has definitely ended." But yeah, I, lo- I loved it. I absolutely loved it, and I loved just the ease of it of just having to go out and be like, "Right, got my baby, got my boobs, job done." Um, so, but I was lucky, and I had lactation consultants. I got a couple of them in because, and that really helped. And I know that's a really privileged thing to be able to do. Um, but yeah, luck, it's just luck of the draw if it works out, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah and actually, it's, it's interesting because some some you know mums get on with it really well and they love it. And and I think that journey is really interesting. And actually, it's a bit of a grieving process when the mum finally says, you know, enough is enough. Now they really go through it. Other yeah. people like Georgia, you know, didn't get on with it, yeah. did you? You just didn't no, enjoy it. No, no, I didn't enjoy it, and it not either time round. And it's interesting when you say about mastitis because with my first after five weeks, I got mastitis, and that was the time I thought, this is nature telling me it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, over, yeah. baby. This is not, this is not, yeah, exactly. Second time round, it was easier, but I still, I just didn't, didn't enjoy it. Like just, I didn't, it worked, but I, I I wasn't enjoying it. So, Mm. um, I didn't stick with it for too much longer. Yeah. I think if you can get that right, it's that process, isn't it? You think you might, you might think you're going to, you know, it's going to work and it's all going to happen and baby's going to look up at you and latch on. And then other times it's like toe curling agony that just goes on. I remember once a midwife coming around and I was saying, look, my boobs bleeding, my nipples oozing it's pussy what should I do and she was like bless her she was like I think just just feed through it and I was like I'm just not sure if I've got it in me um you know you do go through it don't you it's hardcore I remember like I'd get like my boob was getting a bit lumpy which was always a sign that mastitis might be on the way and then my husband would be like you're gonna have to do you can't sleep for that 10 p.m feed you need to do the 10 p.m feed with your boob because otherwise you're gonna get and I'd be like no that's my time but I'd have to do it because I know that I would like yeah I'd get I might get mastitis again I just couldn't risk it yeah um Ellie you're working with water wipes at the moment talk to us about that campaign yeah so I started working with them during lockdown and it was they were they wanted to do this initiative called early days club which was the idea of it was sort of like um an online um support group for parent new parents in lockdown who didn't have any of the access to things that you know in usual times you do so baby clubs and breastfeeding uh cafes and that sort of thing um and I am since I've become a mum I'm like the most annoying person when it comes to anyone with a newborn I <laughs> latch onto you excuse the pun and I will <laughs> bombard you with te- one of my friends has just had a baby and I've I've been tr- I've had to like really rein in my texting because I just want to say to them the whole time any new parent <gasps> it's so hard did you know how hard isn't it hard it's fucking hard isn't it are you mental are you going mental yet don't worry the mentalness will pass um and so what's what i was doing this uh, early days club it was a place where new parents could log on we did a few chats we had um different healthcare professionals giving advice answering questions there were some new parents on there so the first one we had myling class and ryan thomas ryan who had a baby with lucy mecklenburg who um, like yeah. just before lockdown so they were proper in the midst of newborn but 
but with no access to any other help. And I just know, remember, because it's all about me, I just remember what it was like to be in those newborn days. And I cannot imagine not having the support that I did from family and friends. And I just felt so passionate about being involved in a project that could give some help to new parents in these really, really tricky times. It was basically just regardless of circumstance to know that these people were not alone and other people are going through it and other people have been through it. Um, And through all this chaos, um, we sort of answered questions and, you know, had some great poo stories. Um, (laughs) Oh, we love a poo story. I love it. One up the back, up the neck, through the air. On the ears, yeah. Oh, those ones, yeah. I thought you were going to say through the ears. Then I was going to go. Wow, wow. That is constipation. My kids can shit. Okay, my kids can shit when they want to. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this, yeah, just really lovely initiative, and I'm so uh, so pleased to be a part of it. That sounds amazing, and also um, we know that um, Lucy and Ryan, obviously, they had all their cow's milk protein problems with their son so they like lucy's really been through it actually we've seen uh, yeah nightmare so for her it probably was a really nice outlet yeah do you know and she was saying really interesting things like you know the first time she took the baby out um you know they went out to a restaurant she'd never breastfed in public because why yeah. would she because you've been in lockdown so she, course, she's trying to yeah, yeah. It's all the, and they didn't quite know how to work the car seat because they haven't really used it so it's all these like firsts you would have done in the first few weeks that she's sort of dealing with months and months and months in which is not something I considered all these strange little hurdles that lockdown parents um yeah. are having to cope with I was just thinking about that actually because what day do you actually physically go and see a midwife I think it might be like day four or day five you actually have to leave the house and in some ways I used to look back and think gosh that's really soon to expect you know a new mum to turn up to an appointment on time first like on time you know what it's like they do a poo and you think you can't leave the house (laughs) Um, but actually those things do set you up for you know going forward if you've been out the house at five days because you have to be because you have to get to an appointment it's slowly becomes normal and you kind of get into life a lot quicker I guess but if you've been at home in a proper proper bubble for months not being able to see anybody yeah. I can't I can't actually imagine what that feels like new mother. how daunting yeah. it is yeah, yeah how just how daunting that is to go out and breastfeed in public or even know how to you know what to do with formula when you mm. go out because mm. if you're at home and you're used to you know having your machine or your kettle or whatever it's just it's, it's a lot actually it's a lot to consider and a lot to take on yeah so I think yeah any any new parents in uh, and parents in lockdown have just had such a rough time especially with not being at partners not being allowed in there for the whole of labor and being sent out for visiting hours it's just been such a rough time for pregnant yeah. women and new parents um so any any help that <laughs> that I could offer in any stupid way was very very welcome and I think it was yeah it seemed to really resonate with people and it was just it was just a lovely really kind um thing to do yeah yeah, that sounds really great. I um, that's kind of what we're all about as well. To be honest, we always open up our doors to new parents, or well, any any parents really. But it's kind of about that thing that we're all in this club together, chucking a pandemic as well. And you're like, you feel like you're drowning. Yeah, and you know, yeah, I loved like this kind of podcast when I was pregnant, I found so useful because I, like I said, I wasn't maternal before, I had no experience with babies, I barely held a baby. So to sort of hear other people's experience, I mean, I know some people do not want to hear about births and all that stuff. And they, you know, they don't want to hear any negative experiences. I wanted to hear everything. I wanted to learn everything. I couldn't, I couldn't have enough information. So, um, and yeah, this kind of chat now where you also can say, 
God, it's absolute dog shit at the beginning and your baby is like just a, a slug on the floor. But don't worry, <laughs> it will get better and they will do fun things like wave yeah. goodbye to poo-poos down the loo. Like it's, it's <laughs> there's highs and lows. <laughs> um, <laughs> d- uh, talking about highs and lows, um, describe to us how parenting was in lockdown for you. How was your relationship? What were the struggles? What were the challenges? Where did you go to let off steam? It was really hard. So my husband is, uh, he's a journalist. He's a full-time employee of a big news network. So he was working the whole way through from home, but he was in and out. He was traveling still. So as a freelancer, muggins ended up being (laughs) full-time. Uh, which is of of course someone has to do it but initially it was really hard because I was so resentful I was like but my job is important and I enjoy my job and I want to continue I want to be able to write but also someone needs to look after the baby but he's like someone's paying my salary so you know (laughs) inevitably he he had to take priority so um I found it really really hard um once we got into more of a rhythm that was better um once I saw yeah I, I sort of worked out what I did you know you sort of find your pattern she would have a lot of afternoon baths like um (laughs) a sort of glamorous I don't know sort of 70s writer um (laughs) there was a lot of that there was a lot of we played with sand it was like anything if if I could hoover it up or wipe it up she could do anything I didn't care just just anything anything that would fill the time and once we got we were you know loud warps I mean there was an awful two-week period where we didn't know if we had a coronavirus so we had to stay in and I didn't leave the house we did I still don't know how did I not leave the house for two weeks with a fucking toddler I don't know how I did yeah yeah (laughs) but it's all kind of gone now I kind of blocked it all out but we got through and when we we started getting a um we have a babysitter that we use quite a lot and when we we started being able to get her in even for like a few hours just to be able to leave her downstairs and just for me to come sit on my computer oh my god the relief that was amazing because otherwise I was trying to juggle my work around her nap times there was a point where my husband was away with work he'd gone I don't know to Switzerland or something for a few days and I was filming um, a TV show called The Mash Report which we were all doing remotely from home so I had to set up a studio in my bedroom I had to do like TV hair and makeup and also have this child so I had to like do it around that put her down for like for bed and I was doing it like while she slept so there was it was some full-on times but do you know what it could have been you know a lot worse things happened to people during lockdown so we're fine and we did it and and also you know we got to have lunch together every day as a family which we never normally do so yeah no there's positives definitely yeah yeah you mentioned that there was some resentment in the beginning because obviously your husband's job took priority and as a you know as a freelancer at home you kind of had to fit in and around Mm -hmm. do you think your relationship changed on the whole when you became parents oh my god so much and that was the weird that was the weirdest realization that I had when we came home with a newborn that yeah. a lot of my feelings were sadness about my relationship because mm. we mm. felt I felt it was it was odd I ne- I had not anticipated this at all but it was just like you become sort of two like you said earlier Georgia you're two servants that are on opposite 
shifts so I'd have the baby for a bit he'd go off or you know vice versa and I just he and he looked I just remember seeing my husband was so he was just so tired but trying to just model through and I just wanted him to be fun and I want uh, the lightness in the house had gone and I felt so Mm. sad and obviously I'm sure I was projecting my own hormonal journey onto that but I remember I remember one specific time that he it was like early evening and he he was like right I'm gonna go and get a bit sleeping before you know I take the next shift and he went upstairs and I was sitting down like with the baby downstairs like okay see you later bye and he went up the stairs and I just absolutely like I howled like just sobbing of like oh my god we've ruined everything there was just so much sadness around I just felt sad for him and sad for us and I didn't know how we worked anymore because there was no relationship. We were like just this team of survivors trying to get yeah. through this really hard time. And it was a proper grieving process for the life that we had. Um, mm. Not, you know, I didn't want to go, I wasn't talking about wanting to go out raving or anything. I just wanted to have some time with him. <laughs> time together. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, that was, that was a really difficult thing to navigate. I'm, I don't know if he would necessarily th- feel like it was that dramatic for him, but that's certainly how I felt. And um, I think the whole of, of parenting is, it's all about, I think resentment is the key word. I, I find yeah. I'm, I can, the resentment can build up very easily. And a lot of the time it's just making sure, you know, you're communicating properly. And it was little things. I remember I got really cross with him. Like he said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go when the baby's little side, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. And I was like, you, well, you, how you just get to say that, but I can't just go to the gym. Don't say that. Yeah. You've got to say, and I was like, I know it's probably playing with semantics and it's unnecessary, but can you please say just for my own sanity, can you say, do you mind if I go to the gym tomorrow? Just put it as a question rather than a statement that you get to fuck off and I have to stay at home because I've got the boots. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's that, it's it was that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. I th- thank you for saying all of that. Cause I actually think a lot, of, you've articulated it really well. A lot yeah. of parents feel like that, that grief. Because mm. it was only ever just you and him and mm. and that's the way it was. And you did all these things and you had this amazing life. And then suddenly, like Georgia said, there's a stranger here that you're having to look after. And you're just, you're on different sides of the planet at that point. It's very hard. And that's why you hear a lot of couples do crumble at that, at that moment. And you can understand why. It, it's yeah. not the life you want, but you do get through it and you come out the other side. And that's that's what you've got to hang on to, I think, because life does does resume normality. And actually, it's better because you're not you're not drowning at that point. You're then thinking, well, I've got I've got my new flow now and I've actually found the love with my partner again, hopefully deeper because yeah. we've created a human together. It's quite cool. Exactly. Mm. And also, like you said, when you were like, uh, you know, you're working as a team from the beginning. So, and that only builds, you know, even if you're tag teaming, like to, you know, feed and sleep and all that kind of stuff, you're learning how to work together um, just in a different way, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that, and that is lovely. And now there are times where I do think, God, we are such a good team and we are, you know, when we're at our best, we are so, we can be really kind and thoughtful to each other, which I think is, I mean, you cannot overestimate the importance of kindness in any relationship, especially when there's a child around. Um, And we, we, sometimes we just absolutely smash it. And then there are other times where I hate him and I'm flicking him the finger behind the door that he's just closed. Um, so that's it's again, highs and lows, highs and lows. Um, but yeah, when it works and uh, it's great, it's it's great and it's amazing and you feel really like, yes, we are, we're doing this really well. 
But I always remember, so I, I do a podcast with um, Anna Whitehouse, who's Mother Pucker uh, online. I and- love Mother Pucker. Oh, yeah. she's a treat. So Anna writes um, fantastic books. And I remember her telling me that she did an interview for one of her books. Um, and it was about, the, it was this older lady. And she was basically saying that the first I don't know, five years with a kid, it is essentially just survival. And she was, this older lady was like, just hold on, just hold on through this bit. Don't, you can't split up. It's not like a fair judgment on your relationship to split up right now because this isn't your real relationship. Get through this survival mode bit and then emerge at the end and you'll have like your time together which sounds I mean five years or whatever is bloody long to hold on isn't it but um, it does make you go yeah this isn't this this is your life right now but it's not it's not representative of what it will always be like and it won't be quite so separate and you will have more time together as you know as a couple again love that um Ellie final question because I know uh, you're very busy your end um talk to us about having another baby I'm gonna go there are you thinking (laughs) about it are you having one are you trying what's happening I don't I know I would like one but my husband is 100 years old and doesn't know <laughs> if, if he's got his sperm like left a, that isn't too old for yeah they'll be yeah. doddering around on <laughs> um I don't know there's a million different things I I I don't know we'll see we'll see what happens regardless I've got such a little smasher of a tyrant so yeah. I feel very lucky just just oh, do lots of practicing. Loads of shagging, everyone's no, happy. Lots of practicing. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what new parents are absolutely famed for, all the shagging that you do. <laughs> Bloody hell, Zoe. <laughs> now the babes too, you can get back to it. There you go. <laughs> um ellie i love you we love you thank you so much for coming on thank you so much that was brilliant oh pleasure (laughs) we needed we needed a laugh didn't we i love ellie she's brilliant isn't she yeah brilliant she really cheered me up actually really cheered me up but also i love how honest she is like you're not you're not gonna get anything but the truth from Ellie and I really appreciate that in parenting so she just she says what we've all been through and how we're all feeling and she says it in a really funny way yeah she puts it in a really good way and everyone has to find funny in the chaos don't they oh god I think that's what we've all got to do at the moment (laughs) and I really love the fact that she's doing that project with water wipes as well really good deed yeah it's actually a really lovely campaign yeah Um, and hopefully you know it's helping some parents out there who can't get to the groups and can't access the support so yes definitely check it out yeah um well as always we would love you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast please and if you do have time to give us a little five star review that would be lovely and of course feedback as always much appreciated Yes, please do drop us a message at Made by Mummers or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman. And we will see you on Friday. All together now? Fucking hell. No? (laughs) (laughs) Bye, mate. Bye. (laughs) A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.